You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Thank you for joining me in this series called The Armor of God. Uh, We're talking today about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I I think probably this is one of the most misunderstood components in the armor of God. Maybe not the most, but but one of the most misunderstood components. And uh, I want to talk about it today in such a way as to help you wrap your mind around the importance of great spiritual footwear. The care of the feet is critical in any endeavor that demands movement. I went on a hunt one time in the Northwest Territories in Canada, didn't have on the right shoes. I did not have on the right boots. I had great hunting boots on, but they were for the plains of Oklahoma and they weren't made for mountains. And one day and those jagged rocks and the vertical going up and down and going side healing on mountains, I put stresses on my feet, and, and I mean, I, I, my, I, my feet were gone at the end of the day. I did not know how to take care of my feet. I had to sit down with, a, with an outfitter, and he had to talk with me about how to take care of my feet in that part of the world. And it's huge, because your feet go, and it doesn't matter how determined you are. If your feet are not taken care of properly, you're done. Uh, the shoes of the Roman soldier were very tightly bound to his feet. I mean, he really had to wrap them on tightly. The lower shoe covered the foot. The greaves, which are the front pieces, they went upward to the knee, so it protected the shins. You know how sensitive your shins can be, man, if you run into something with your shin. And these greaves protected the sensitive areas of your shin. The lower shoe was made of fine pieces of brass and very durable leather. I can only imagine uh, that probably this would be bullhide and uh, they would use something like that uh, for protecting the foot. Now the bottom of the shoe held spikes and these spikes would be anywhere from one to three inches long, meaning that they had amazing traction. You would not be able to do well with a shoe that was flat sold on the bottom. No army in history up until the point had such protective footwear. The Roman army was known for its amazing footwear. The prophet Daniel saw a beast, the fourth beast in his vision. He saw a beast that represented the Medes and Persians. He saw a beast that represented the Greeks. He saw a beast that represented Babylon, and he saw a beast that represented the Roman Empire. And it was a fourth great and dreadful beast that had amazing power in its feet. And uh, that's what was great about the Romans. The Romans had the most durable empire, the most wide-ranging empire of all. Alexander conquered a lot of territory in a very short period of time, but he didn't hold on to it. And the Greek Empire did not last as long as the Roman Empire. The Romans were able to build great roads, but the great roads were of no value if you didn't have good footwear. And so the Roman footwear was legendary. Now, we have a traveling 
peace. And I want to explain that because I know when I first became a follower of Christ, I didn't have peace all the time. I had two places where the peace was really strong. Number one, when I would go to church. When I would go to church, I could feel the peace of God and I was at rest in church. I felt safe and secure in church. But when I would get home, the darkness would rise again and it would not be good. School was the same way. I didn't feel peace in either place. Number two, my uncle was a pastor. I moved in with him, lived in his home. When I got into his home, I had great peace. I'll never forget when I moved in how much peace I had. So when I would get away from him, I moved off to Bible college. I didn't have as much peace for a long time. I had to learn to carry my peace with me. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, meaning that we have a traveling peace. That is, we can go into any neighborhood, any part of the world, and what we know about God is so powerful and so strong that we personally are able to maintain peace even when we are in a very difficult atmosphere. And that's why God is able to send us on missions into places that are dark and ominous and where there are unrighteous people. It is because we have a traveling peace. That's so very important. Listen to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. This is Living Bible Paraphrase. For he has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. And so when this was written, uh, there were people who said, I know what that is. I've been there. I have felt that. Now, let me tell you this. The gospel changes whole nations. Uh, the scripture says in the Psalms, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And when you get a lot of people living in righteousness, it changes the atmosphere of that nation, meaning that the demonic activity is not as strong in that place as it would be somewhere else. So we change the very atmosphere. Now I want you to listen to what happened here. And let's see, we're going to go to the gospel of Matthew chapter uh, four, and we're going to look at verses 13 and all the way to 16. And leaving Nazareth, Jesus came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Now, I've been to Israel twice, and uh, I have to say that I felt more of the peace of God and the presence of the Lord in the area around the Sea of Galilee than I did any other place. And here in the book of Matthew, it says, Isaiah prophesied, he said, this is a place of darkness. But Jesus' ministry was concentrated around Galilee. That's where he did most of his great works. And he changed the atmosphere in that area. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we still feel the effects of his presence there and what he did there. Now, 
This is what I mean by traveling peace. Jesus went in and he changed the atmosphere. You and I have the power to change atmosphere. And our peace spills out of us and other people can feel it. That's what happens when you have this gospel of peace. It's not just what you say. It's not just the words that you proclaim. It's there's something that is communicated where you set people's minds at ease, that you communicate a peace. They want what you have. They feel this confidence that's in you and it brings peace to them. That's what we're talking about. Peace, though, does not come without a fight. You will have to fight for peace. Uh, The Bible says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That word rule is the key word here. It means literally to referee, meaning there's a fight going on. Let the peace of God referee your emotions and your decisions. In other words, you have to say, I'm not following this line of thinking. I do not have peace about this. As I think this way, as I go into this imagination, as I follow these thoughts, there's no peace in them. Therefore, I'm not thinking those thoughts. That is the biggest battle that I had to overcome as a new believer. I had to learn how to discipline my thought life. And I thought maybe that I was being a coward by running from certain thoughts. Listen to me. There is no glory in exposing yourself to every negative thought and following every negative thought to its end. There's no glory in that. There are times when you have to just shut those thoughts off and say, I'm not going there. I refuse to dwell on that. I will not think that. It's not cowardice. It's being smart. It's being wise. I refuse to think that thought. That's really what Jesus did when Satan tempted him. And so you bring about this peace, but peace again has to be fought for. The Holy Spirit will bring to your mind thoughts that bring peace during times of conflict. Now listen to this. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, New King James Version. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, meaning that there are times when you don't understand why you have peace. You just know you have this peace and and you're still facing tremendous evil or tremendous temptation, but you have peace in spite of it. It will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I would say it like this. I believe that there are soldier thoughts, thoughts that are given to us by God in order to give us peace during a time of battle. Now, I've told this story before, and I probably will repeat this two or three times every year in the duration of this podcast, but this is a verse I learned when I was 17 years old. Here it is. It's Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, said Jesus, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I memorized that verse when I was 17. Now, I went 20 years, and I never had to stand on that verse, never used that verse. Can't think of a time when that was my prayer verse in anything that I did. 
but I do remember the first time it came to me by the Holy Spirit. My nine-year-old daughter had fallen on concrete floor from seven feet in the air. We were playing basketball in our warehouse. She was down there playing with some kids uh, who were staff members' kids, um, and they were playing hide-and-seek. She put her little hand out on a box. It was half empty. It collapsed beneath her. She rolled off that box, landed headfirst on the floor, cracked her skull, and developed a massive blood clot. Her life was in danger. The next morning, when we got into the hospital, and when they did the CAT scan and shared with me the results of the CAT scan, and I heard for the first time what I was facing. We didn't know what had happened. We couldn't tell. We didn't know. Now I heard. She's got a blood clot, and they marveled that she was still conscious. The Holy Spirit brought this verse to me. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. That was brought to me by the Holy Spirit. It was a soldier thought and it brought me peace. Now I had to say that. I couldn't just think it. I had to say it. So quietly and under my breath, I said, Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things which you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. And I thought, oh, this perfectly suits my situation because Jesus said that I would believe what I say and that I would have what I say. He didn't say I would have what I think and he didn't say I would have what I feel. He said I would have what I say. And I said to myself, you know, I can't control what I'm feeling. As a father right now, my guts are being ripped out. When I saw my daughter rolled into the surgery room and they pushed her on the gurney into those big double doors, the devil said to me, look good. She is never going to be like that again. You'll never see her alive again. That's the last time you'll see her alive. The devil's a liar. And very quietly, under my breath, I said, Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. I say, my daughter will live and not die. I say, they'll evacuate that blood clot, get everything out. I say, there will be no complication. I say, there will be no dire result from the surgery. I say, because Jesus said. Now, what happened? Those soldier thoughts that were brought back to me from the Holy Spirit, mounted guard over my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I told you the equipment that we have, it covers three areas, mind, mouth, and heart. And that's what happened when I had this peace that passed all understanding. You take your peace on trips. You don't just have peace in church, don't just have peace in your house. Peace is for you to carry with you wherever you go. And that's what it means to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's all the time I have for today, but we will pick up here again on Monday. So don't miss it. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.